Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Here we go. 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 This is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Andy Dawson. I am Sam Delaney. And welcome along to part three of the Keen Odyssey 2, where we're looking back at Roy Keane's first autobiography, the origin story of Roy Keane. Mm. And we have got... The Phantom Menace, if you will, which... <sighs> You're underselling it there. The Phantom Menace, but it's quite, in a but way... Better, but good. It's quite pertinent, that, isn't it? Because we haven't got onto Yaffle yet, but no. we're hoping... In this origin book, and and we haven't completed reading this book, by the way. So you, me, and Andy are discovering it almost at the same rate as you are. Yeah. And we are hoping that we will discover Roy Keane's own Phantom Menace, mm-hmm. Yaffle, and where that whole dynamic began. We've got no idea where this is going. We're, we're no. on a journey, just like just you like are. You. And this is episode three, and we're about to get into chapter two of the book. So this could be another 50-episode marathon. So he started his spell at Nottingham Forest, pre-season training. He says, we didn't see much of Brian Clough. Liam O'Kane looked after the first-team training, and Archie Gemmell looked after us. Even though he wasn't visible at the time, Clough's presence was felt. A little bit like um, Yoda, if you want yeah. to use the, ref- the, you know, the reference or to Or if you didn't turn it the other way around, a little bit like the Emperor Palpatine. Oh, yeah. Fucking hell. Looked a bit like him as well, especially towards the end. <laughs> Clough's presence was felt. His golden retriever, Dell, would often bound into view, signalling Clough's arrival on the training ground. Suddenly, everyone stepped up a couple of gears, except me. I was going flat out anywhere. <laughs> and this is... Um, I, had no, I didn't have a higher gear. I was in the highest gear of our... There were no gears. Yeah. There was one gear, but even that I wouldn't call a gear. It was just the <laughs> default setting. It was Arkeen. So it, it's, this is the kind of first hint where he's talking about other players being shitheads, basically, and bluffers and frauds yeah. and chances. Which is which his favourite topic. Yeah. yeah, he gets onto a bit later on. That's the first little hint of it there. Put this down, Dunphy. <laughs> <laughs> but subtle. Um, he says, I love the work, if you could call it that. I knew it was doing me good. I felt stronger every day. Considering where I'd come from, this to me was heaven. The uncertainty, the perpetual feeling of drift, the rumours of scouts supposed to be interested, trials that never materialised, the odd jobs, stripping acid from sheet metal. <laughs> One step away from the door, the virtual seven-day week I'd endured, combining the FAS course with playing for Ramblers, lying in bed waiting for neighbours, brackets, fantasising about Kylie. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. It's, it's as close as he ever gets to an admission of mm-hmm. teenage masturbation. I never touched myself, though. I talked about it, sure. But the fantasies, they weren't hard carnal. They were, they were more subtle. They, they were, were more beast. nuanced. They were romantic. They were, they were mechanical fantasies. <laughs> yeah. I imagine the two of us tinkering under the bonnet of a Ford Anglia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he's, uh, he's wondering where the next fiver would come from. This was fabulous. 
I felt a buzz every morning. It was, say, it was, it was great. I'm, I'm going to write fabulous there because you've said great a few times for fabulous. 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 When on earth would I say? I don't even. I've never heard that word before in my life. Fabulous. Oh, it was fucking fabulous at Nottingham Forest. Fabulous Forest. That's what I'd call it. Shut up, Dunphy. That sounds very much like a London word. <laughs> yeah. You're using that, Dunphy. Well, I'll let you put it in. Just this once. Uh, I celebrated my 19th birthday feeling for the first time really that I had a real life. I almost feel like that now. I'm 46 and I'm beginning mm. to feel like I've got a real life. But uh, it's took a while. I feel more free than ever. Yeah. But, but Because of these podcasts? Yeah. I'm, I would describe myself as too free now. Yeah. It's gone. The pendulum has swung too far the other way. I think what I should say is, obviously, if you're listening to this in um, February, you are a, a, an Iron Filing Society member. You've paid us money. But if you're listening to this in November when it goes free, you will have already witnessed Delaney's demise <laughs> and undoing as a result uh, of the feelings he's talking about right now. Too free. Yeah. But it, for a lot of my life, I've felt constrained by institutions I found myself in, whether that be school, mm. clubs. Mental prisons. Mental prisons. People trying to restrain me yeah. and my natural way. Not physically, but emotionally. Emotionally, yeah. yeah. And uh, now I feel that with these, you know, first of all, even without podcasts, you get to an age where you give less of a fuck about everything, don't you? Because you're just like, oh, fuck this. I don't give a fuck, <laughs> yeah. right? Um, so that's good. That's quite liberating. But then these podcasts have allowed an outlet because it's the only broadcasting or, or media work I've ever done where there's no fucker saying you can't fucking, you can't be saying cunt this and cunt that. Yeah. And you can't, you know, do all this. And so suddenly it's too free. Yeah. And I think we're both on the stage of being, if not physically stray men, mm. certainly mentally and emotionally stray. Our, um, our arrogance will be our undoing eventually. Oh, always. And, and that's been that's been the story of my of my life. I think as well, just going back to what you said, a message to a lot of our listeners who are millennials, let's say, in their mm. mid twenties. Uh, you will reach an age one day where, like Sam just said, you don't give a fuck about. You anything. don't give a fuck. But also, on the flip side, close friends will begin to die. So it's not all, <laughs> it's not all good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's not all good getting older. I would say it's generally there are more pros than cons. Mm. I mean, we've talked before about you are no longer encumbered by the constant spectre of sexual arousal. Yeah. that Very no, few triggers. Very, you don't give a shit about that sort of thing. Almost triggerless. You, yeah, you, you, nothing will trigger you. So that's one bit of mental, emotional baggage that you leave behind. Yeah. And so, generally speaking, it's uh, really good. But, yeah, you know, you all... I mean, I'm suffering from a bad back. I probably wouldn't have had that when I was in my 20s. But Did you do I any potato-picking when you were younger, like Roy Kane? No, not so much potato. bringing George Whelan and getting him to I did a lot of, claim for I you? I did a lot of digging. Oh, you did do that. I did a lot of digging. Child, I think it might be is. a digging injury. Hello, this is George Weir. <laughs> did you do a lot of digging as a child? Are you now suffering the consequences with a bad back? Did you ever attempt to dig a tunnel all the way from West London to Disney World in Florida, USA, using only your mother's dessert spoon? <laughs> then you are probably suffering from a, from a recurring back strain. You could make a claim 
and win damages that could take you to Disney World for real. <laughs> do you have a pen? Claim. Who do we claim against? You claim against council, council. council. <laughs> you claim against your mother. You claim against anyone. Have you seen that story a couple of days ago? A 27-year-old fella is suing his parents because he didn't ask, didn't consent to be born. <laughs> Fuck you off. you'll get away with that? Nah. Fucking should, shunned anyway, by society. the fucking mis- misery guts. He should feel fucking privileged. Speaking of privilege and misery guts, let's get back to the Roy Kane mm. book, shall we? Time is running out. He says, in the reserve team dressing room, my youthful joy was not the norm. I was surprised, shocked even, by the attitude some players displayed. They mourned about everything. Some because they weren't included in the first team photo shoot, which they deemed a bad omen for the coming season. Pricks. Perhaps it was, but fuck it, you could do something about it. (laughs) (laughs) Then Archie Gemmell was a wanker. Brian Clough was lazy. We were working too hard. The season hadn't even started and these guys were whinging. Don't feel you've put guys... I don't think I've ever referred to any of my teammates or cohorts as guys before. Do you know who you're making me sound like? You're making me sound like fucking Patsy. You know, from Happy Days. Daddy used to say that about Patsy and Ralph Math and Richie Cunningham. He'd call them guys. Go, hey, hey, guys. Hey, the guys. That's not me. I'm not fancy. I'll never be fancy. I don't want to be. What kind of grown man's hanging around with those young lads anyway? He says, looking for excuses to fail. I didn't say much, but I took it all in and vowed never to become a whinger. If only these guys knew, <laughs> mm. he said guys again, if only these guys knew how many kids outside would give their right arm to be sitting there on a beautiful summer's day being paid money to be a footballer. Absolute bollocks, Roy Keane, because we... Yeah, yeah I mean, listen, we have been... Um, we have been doing... We've been doing this Roy Keane stuff for a while, and we've always been very positive about him, although people think we're taking the piss. I think we both really admire him as a real one-off, unique character. But this is bollocks, because <coughs> when he says, I vowed never to a winger, that is what he is. He's been very selective about what he defines as being a winger, right? Yeah. So, because if you think about it, there are the, some of the most infamous incidents in his career were about big fucking strops and whinges whinge. against. He's whinging about the whinges in this right now. Exactly, he whinges against whinges. He whinges against managers. He whinged about the fucking timeshare that Carlos Quiro sorted out for them in Portugal. You know, it's all a whinge. He might not call it a whinge because he's saying whinges are the ones who are sitting around doing it behind closed doors. He might whinge to someone's face, which he would probably categorise as being slightly more noble. And perhaps he's right about that. Still fucking whinging. I'm not whinging about them. I'm stating a fact. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's how he sees it. He said, well, I mean, he says, uh, at 19, I was giving the others a four-year start, or so it seemed. In fact, the reverse was true. While I'd been out in the real world, learning to cope with failure, desperate for a chance to be part of this, the whingers and mourners, most of them pro since they were 15, had existed in a fantasy world. Oh. For them, being a pro with Forrest was a ticket to the big time, a place in the first team, and happiness ever after would automatically follow. That was their entitlement, they believed. Now life wasn't delivering on its promise. Fucking hell. Existential, really, isn't it? This is it! And he has a pre-season friendly way he plays for Forrest, away at Arnold Town. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of Arnold Town before? No. Neither have I. He's making it up. Non-league. Like, he might be. It might be a figment of his imagination. Just um, say, I can't remember, Dunphy. Just put it, I don't know. <coughs> 
Arnold Town. Put something like that. What was the name of the fellow who had the diner in, in Happy Days? Arnold, wasn't <laughs> it? Put Arnold. See what I you've think, done now. You've got me thinking about Happy Days. I can't think about anything else now. I think it was I think it was Al. Was it not Al, Roy? Just put Arnold. Put Arnold. I've said it now. Sounds more like a team. I did that. I say Mrs. Cunningham Rovers. Something like that. Al Town doesn't sound like a football team. That's ridiculous. <laughs> So they had this uh, this fixture where uh, Happy Days United, <laughs> but Happy Days United. You know what? Al was the 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 owner of the diner, but it was called Arnold. Fucking weird. That that would uh, be the well, argument that him and Dumphy had. <laughs> His name was Al, but the diner, but the diner was called Arnold's. No, it was called was it was it called Arnold's? Yeah, it was, he was called, called Arnold's. Arnold's. It makes no fucking sense, Dumphy. I, I tell you what, let's flip a coin. <laughs> we'll decide that way. <laughs> If it's but, heads, you can put Al Town. If it's tails, you can put Arnold Town. <laughs> I'm not trying but, to argue with you, Roy. I'm but, happy to put Arnold Town. But either way, I'm telling you now, we're going to put Arnold Town. Whatever happens with this fucking coin. <laughs> I gave you a free pass on guys. Uh, and, and fabulous. And fabulous, but not, you're not going for the hat-trick now, Dunphy. You're trying to make a cunt out of me. You're playing games. <laughs> <laughs> so, pre-season friendly way Arnold Town got stuck in the forest in a big way we were 3-1 down and facing humiliation in the blink of an eye and Roy was just on the bench for this one he says uh, their little ground was packed with about a thousand people who started jeering and taking the piss I was mortified raging at our own players now remember he's 19 he's just arrived mm. at Forest it's his first pre-season and he's raging at the established Forest players which is fucking excellent. amazing I mean and when you think We've just learned about how he got depressed. Not my words, not his. But he more or less indicated that he was depressed. His life was drifting, and he'd all but given up hope of ever getting this opportunity. Yeah. And he says it didn't matter to me because I had strength of character. I'm mentally yeah. strong. And yet, the moment he gets his opportunity, rather than do practice what he preaches, which is think I'm just fucking happy with anything. I'm just pleased to be here. Mm. He in fact goes in as a young lad fresh off the boat from Ireland and starts fucking giving it loads to all yeah. these other pros. Yeah. He says, uh, I was raging at our own players trying to shock them into some response. This is where the bloody whinging and mourning of the reserve team just... I'll not, I'll not put fucking this time, Roy. I'll put bloody for once. <laughs> just to tell... Lower the put tunnel. fucking. Just put fucking. Cunting. <laughs> he says, call yourselves professionals and you let Arnold Town take the piss out of you. They're playing and starting to strut like fucking Real Madrid. Uh, a few of the real pros now got the message. We started tackling and working. I scored to make it 3-2. Now we'll find out whether these guys are Real Madrid or Arnold fucking town. <laughs> I scored again. <laughs> this might be, like you say, this might be a figment of his imagination or a dream. And they were bought <clears throat> over head kicks. Except one of them what happened was I went past five fellas, then <laughs> I flicked it up in the air, turned around and did an overhead kick. <laughs> Jalapeño. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Jalapeño. I just go again. That shut the crowd up and got us out of there with a degree of self-respect. Jalapeño. Now then, I'll read this verbatim and this um, this is a Roy Kane statement of intent, this next paragraph. My first few weeks as a professional player with Forrest confirmed what I suppose I'd always known. The world was full of bluffers, con men and whingers. In this particular case, guys, you put guys again there, Dunphy. <laughs> <laughs> who were content to wear the badge of professionalism without meeting the standards required to justify that status. And they were having a go at Archie Gemmell, who played for Scotland and won championship medals and the European Cup. And at the manager, who'd won two championships for two small clubs, Forrest and Derby, and two European Cups. Was this a joke or what? It was. A, I tell you, I'll answer my own question because it was rhetorical. Yes, it was a fucking joke. Ten points if you got the answer right. <laughs> and that... Paragraph, the, the start of that, is mm. the Roy Keane That's uh, it. credo, that, isn't that's it? That's the credo that that runs through both of his great works. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, the world was full of bluffers, con men and whingers. And he's right, and it's not just for, it's everything. And isn't that wonderful? It is. <laughs> and he's wonderful right. to know that. It's, it's, it's the life lesson we can all learn from. Um, after that, he said, I was disappointed to learn my performance had not secured me a place in the reserves against not Rotherham on Monday night. I'd be a sub. I got on for the last 10 minutes, no time to make an impact. Afterwards, I joined the rest of the reserves for a night in the town. Several pints later, I slumped into bed. It was close to 2am. Next morning, I showed up for training. First team were playing that night at Anfield. I arrived, nursing a slight hangover. Ronnie Fenton approached me and Phil Starbuck in the dressing room. You two are going to Anfield, he said. And bring your boots. Oh. Dun, dun, dun. Yes. So he's gone in. He's gone, got shit-faced the night before after 10 minutes for the reserves. And then he's going to play at Anfield that night. It's dreamland stuff. Um, the first team had travelled overnight, so Phil and I took a ride in Ronnie Fenton's car. On the way to Liverpool, we diverted to Derby to pick up Brian Clough. He lived in a big pad. I was dispatched to ring the doorbell. <laughs> Clough opened the door. <laughs> Irishman, how are you doing? <laughs> That's like Robin Hood talk, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. In Robin of Sherwood, yeah. they always Not talk enough. to each other like that. Yeah. yeah. Irishman. Fine, boss. <laughs> he says he's putting out the milk bottles. His wife is standing upstairs. He reaches back inside the door and produces a three-quarters bottle of milk. <laughs> oh, where's the other quarter gone? Here, Irishman, get that down, you. <laughs> Jesus, I hate milk. I don't like milk, boss. Get it down, you. <laughs> Shut up, Roy, and get it down you. <laughs> Those are supposed to be his thoughts, that line, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. Shut up, Roy, and get it down you. Thanks, boss, he says, and down she goes. <laughs> Meanwhile, Mr and Mrs Clough began to exchange heated words. She obviously has more bottle than me. Oh, God. I got this idea for a little bit of light relief, Roy. Right? I'm going to put the thing about Mrs Clough having some bottle. Oh, I don't give a fuck. I don't know what you're talking about, but put it down, because I want to get on to the next bit. <laughs> Clough says, come on, Irishman, we're off. <laughs> Bye, Mrs. Clough. Nice to meet you. <laughs> so they Fucking get to uh, hell. they get to Anfield. The Liverpool side were the aristocrats of the English game. This is pre ninety one. 
yeah. 1991. Yeah, um, well, they had Beardsley Barn, so, yeah, that Rush was the team that sort of lasted from about 88 through to yeah, 92. Before it all started Before Sooness wrong. came in. Yeah. Fucked it up. Kid. <laughs> Good. I'm going to fuck this way up. Look at this. I'm not going to expect this. I'm a hero here. <laughs> I played for this club. I won trophies, medals. I'm an icon at Anfield. But the last thing they're expecting from Graeme Souness is to fucking destroy it. <laughs> and that's, that's how I work. That's exactly what I'm going to do. Piece by piece, I'm going to dismantle this empire. <laughs> Good. Until my fucking heart packs up. <laughs> then, just as they're trying to get rid of me, I'm going to fucking have a heart attack on the bastards. <laughs> <laughs> then it'll make it look like it's their fucking fault. <laughs> this is good. <laughs> <laughs> to make myself useful, I began to help the kit man lay out the gear. Irishman, what are you doing? <laughs> Helping, I replied. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> well, get hold of a number seven shirt. You're playing. Excuse me? You're playing. I was shocked. Fortunately, there was no time to think too much about. So he's, he's made his debut at Anfield for Nottingham Forest after being up till two a.m. Fucking hell! On a bender. <laughs> There's a lot to do in forty-five minutes before kickoff. Like introducing myself to Forest established first teamers, none of whom knew who the hell Irishman was. <laughs> <laughs> During the warm-up, I'm still answering the question: "What's your name again, son?" Roy, I tell them. They were great. The collective message was "Good luck, son." So Liverpool won two 0 on the night. But he says, I felt I did okay. There's a couple of weird things about this. One is, just going back a bit, the fact that they all get into someone's car. Is it Archie Gemmell's car? And they uh, just Ronnie fucking, Fenton's. Yeah, yeah, Ronnie Fenton's car mm. and pick up Brian Clough on the way from his gaff. Yeah. I mean, different times. Different times. Or what? Yeah. Because, fuck me, that sounds like us going on an away day with our mates. It's yeah. like you keep stopping by different houses. Come on, mate, hurry up. What are you doing? Out, oh, he's having an argument he, with his missus. Comes out with a bag of cans. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the back of the car. Doing his flies up still. <laughs> All right, hold up. <clears throat> Fucking hell, what have you been doing in it? I was having a shit. <laughs> and, then, and so that's weird. And then he meets them in the changing room. They don't know his name, so they haven't trained with him before. This is top-level football. Because yeah. you always imagine now that if a player is introduced to the team, he's been briefed to a forensic degree mm. on what his role is yeah. and what his responsibilities are. And all of the other players know that as well. Yeah. Whereas we're looking back now, and a good this was a good Forest team. I had a real soft spot for this yeah. Forest team of Brian Cloughs in the, in the 80s. And, um, you know, they just fucking chucked him in. You've chucked him in at Anfield. They don't know who he is. They don't know how he's going to play. He hasn't trained with any of these other fuckers, but Cluffy doesn't give a shit. And that's what makes him Brian Clough. Yeah. Um, Good luck, young man. They beat us comfortably. I felt I did okay. I remember tracking back alongside Steve McMahon and doing a double take. Is this really happening? Then thinking, yes, and it's fine. I'm comfortable enough. I mean, that would have been an interesting confrontation because McMahon fancied himself as a right hard man, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, definitely, yeah. The big Anfield crowd were knowledgeable, a pleasure to play in front of. No talk of anyone coming out of the cop and giving him a kiss, as they did with Kevin Keegan. <laughs> so it only happens with Liverpool debutants. He goes, I discovered the limits of patriotism at Anfield that night. Dublin or Ronnie Whelan. He's got a real thing about Dubliners, hasn't he? He thinks they're yeah. flash big time Charlies. Yeah, he's just and he that also and he's mentioned a few times when he's talking about being back in line that he believes there to be a conspiracy of Dubliners yeah. in Irish football. Which yeah. I don't know about that, but that's what he thinks. He thinks they're all flash big time shows. Anyway, Dubliner. 
Ronnie Whelan welcomed his young Mayfield compatriot, Roy Watts-his-name, to the big time with a bruising over-the-top tackle. I also got involved, in inverted commas, with Ray Houghton <laughs> in a bone-crushingly unsentimental Irish <laughs> encounter. Of course, uh, Ray Houghton actually Scottish, really, isn't he? Yeah. And he says, now that I had a taste, my ear must have secure a first-team place. When I met Brian Clough in the dressing room at the City Ground the following morning, he asked me my name. Mm. So Clubs basically put Irishman. this kid in, but he's put Irishman yeah. in the first team. Talk about power play. <clears throat> at Anfield and doesn't know his name. Well, he probably doesn't know his name, but you know. What's your name, so, Irishman? Yeah. Then he took off his shoes, which were muddy as he'd been walking his dog, Dell, around the pitch. Give those a clean for me, will you, Roy? <laughs> Fucking I was hell. delighted to oblige. I knew what he was doing and why, but there was never any danger I would get carried away. I, I, those stories... I don't know what your position is on this, but when you hear professionals, old, you know, retired professionals nowadays saying, oh, well, these youngsters, they're too cocky. In our days, you knew your place yeah. and you had to clean boots. And even yeah. if you scored a hat-trick on Saturday, you were back cleaning boots and doing stuff for the older yeah. pros. And I think, do you know what? Fuck that. Don't hark back to a time where there was institutionalised bullying and Slave abuse. Labor. Do you know what I mean? It's fucking sweet disgusting. and that. Right. You know... We, we've worked in offices or, or wherever, right? But we don't fucking go, right, the young kids will humiliate them by mm. making them scrub our fucking shoes for us and especially do that when they've had any level of success at something. Yeah. Right? I'll it's, do that. It's, it's absolute bullshit. And Roy Keane is so institutionalised that he's like saying, well, I liked it. I was never going to get carried away. I'm not saying you should get carried away. But at the same time, this sort of ritualistic... It's like the sort of thing you hear about that happens at public schools, a ritualistic system of abuse that yeah. that is supposed to be good for the character of the young people coming Initiation through. Initiation ceremonies. Yeah, like I just think it's a load of old fucking bollocks. Yeah, it's just bullying by another name, isn't it? Exactly. Brian Clough shouldn't say, clean the mud off my fucking boots. If someone says that to you, if you're a youngster listening to this and your boss talks to you like that, tell him to fuck himself. Yeah. And if he's got a problem, tell him to come talk to me. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Sam Delaney, courtesy of Top HR, Flight Time Machine. HR services yeah. for hire. Top Flight Time Machine, Inc. Human Resources Consultancy. <laughs> <laughs> we will come and fix all of your HR problems for you. And uh, demolition as well. Yeah. If you've got any needs in that area. Uh, his first game at the city ground ended 10 minutes from the end when Brian Clough substituted me. We were 3-1 ahead. I'd made the first goal and played well. As I left the field, the crowd gave me a standing ovation. I was pleased, relieved, embarrassed. I was in the dressing room heading for the bath when Archie Gamble came in and said the boss wanted me to go back out of the dugout. Surprised, I followed Archie outside. I was even more surprised when Brian Clough embraced me and planted a kiss on my cheek to the delight and amusement of the crowd. <laughs> See, that's nice. You know, he's made him clean his boots, but then he's turned around. You're going to get a nice, a nice kiss, kiss from me. Yeah. I think he probably Also knew. abusive. Yeah. <laughs> Grooming, innit? Well, <laughs> I'm not saying anything like that, but I don't want to be kissed by, you know, by an old man who's my boss, whose boots I've of. just... I know what he fucking yeah, smelled of. smelled of. <laughs> This is it! And he then talks about his first encounter with Paul Gascoigne. Uh, this isn't the cup final at Wembley, but we'll get to that eventually. Mm. Uh, Stuart Pearce and Des Walker, Gaza's England teammates, warned me before the game he would try to wind me up. This he duly did, the thrust of his verbals being that I was an Irish wanker who couldn't fucking play. <laughs> he says... Excellent then he, stuff. Then he, he, he gives it back. He says, a lot of the talk was lost on me. I couldn't understand his thick Geordie accent. <laughs> <laughs> he says... I don't know what you're talking about, <laughs> you fat bastard. <laughs> Can't understand the fucking words you're saying. 
He says he was actually very funny. Alas. Alas. Don't, don't fee. For the last <laughs> fucking time. You've put alas. What is this is fucking medieval times. Dear Who do you think God. I am? Fucking Henry VIII. Who do you think is going to be reading this? Fucking <laughs> university graduates. <laughs> Are you trying to win some kind of fucking award for this book, Dunphy? I just want something that the people can buy in the airports before they get on the airplanes. A nice few stories. A little bit about neighbours, some stuff about Faulty Towers, a little couple of Brian Clough anecdotes. There you go, we're done. I'll underpin with my personal credo. (laughs) But you're putting stuff like Alas in it and Fabulous? What the fuck? Alas, for such a superbly gifted place to spend so much energy trying to get me going seemed a waste. There you go, Paul Gascoigne. You've just fucking wasted your time and energy when you could be playing football, trying to wind me up. Spurs won the game with a goal in the closing minutes. We'll leave it there for this episode. And again, we're at a point where we can probably elaborate quite a lot more because Roy is about to join up with the Republic of Ireland squad for the very first time with Jack Charlton and Morris Setters. Can you imagine the first time Roy walked in? Yeah. I mean, we're going to find out, but my guess, you know, from what we know so far, is that in most football biographies, they say, the first time I joined up with the international squad, I was intimidated seeing these stars around me. Roy's going to walk in and go... I had a fucking shambles. But it felt like a dream come true. I'll just give you a couple of sentences as a preview for the next episode. Apart from a few cliches about having a go and putting them under pressure, Morris Setters had very little to say. The setup didn't impress me. Mm-hmm. I smelled bullshit. <laughs> I thought to myself, welcome to hell. <laughs> <laughs> there we are. That's it from this episode. We'll be back with another one soon. Thanks for listening. Bye bye. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started <laughs> 